Welcome to Movies Are Life. I'm your host, Nathan Chandler, and it's Groundhog Time. That's right, we're diving into the timeless classic that keeps us reliving the same day over and over and over again. Groundhog Day. This film falls at number 13 on the best rom-coms list. I'm welcoming in frequent guests and co-host of the Second Best Picture Podcast, Kyle Radford. How are you doing? I'm great, buddy. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling. I feel like I have. I've broken the awful Groundhog Day cycle that I've been in. Coming on your show, just reliving terrible movie after terrible movie after <laughs> terrible movie. It's, it's the end of the movie, and I've woken up with you nuzzled into my into my chest, and uh, <laughs> and it's it's a new day on, with this one. You know, New Year, 2024. You know, I was really taking a look at things with this podcast, and I was like, what's what's the direction I could go? Oh, m- maybe Kyle would like to talk about a good movie, if not a great movie. <laughs> you would love it so much. <laughs> yeah. So before we dig in really deep into this film, I, I, I'm assuming this is a movie that you have seen a lot before. Yeah, uh, we saw. I saw this in the theaters with my parents when I was what eleven, whenever this would have come out, and it yeah. was one of the you know it's one of the VHSs that we had. Right. So you know when. Uh, our generation, you had about what 20, 15 or 20 <laughs> VHSs, and you just watched them on repeat. Uh, yeah. And then when I got too old for the Disney movies, this one really was on repeat. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm glad you said that because I was trying to think about like when I saw this film. And I mean, I could be making it up, but I feel like I too saw it in the theater. For some reason, I just have a recollection of that. And I think part of the reason. It's for sure, I think, the rating of this movie. It's PG. Um, it's not even a family film, but it's, you know, pretty accessible to kids, you know, to watch. So it wouldn't surprise me either that I went with my parents to see this movie, you know, because I, yeah. I, I do remember the trailer even as a kid, you know, you were like, as you know, 11 year old boy or 12 or whatever, you were suckered into the image of this groundhog behind the wheel of a truck, you know, and you're like, Oh, this has to be great. You know, it's a real kangaroo Jack situation where that is not, (laughs) that is not what the movie delivered, but, but I didn't care. Like I remember loving it. I mean, yeah, me too. it's not a kid's movie. Uh, watching it now, it's it's not as silly, I think, as I remember it being. Like, I think I, mm-hmm. I thought a lot of it was, you know, I probably thought it was funnier for different reasons back then. Yes. Or I latched on to different things. But uh, I loved it. But my parents, you know, they drug me in all those, like, Forever Young with Mel Gibson. <laughs> yes. and that. Like, yes, that was a VHS going, we owned, for sure. I remember <laughs> going to see these movies in the theater with them and their friends. <laughs> yeah, they just couldn't get babysitters those nights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we've talked uh, on this podcast before about some of the VH, uh, VHS copies that we own, but we, Forever Young was definitely one of them. We had uh, Africa. Um, oh, <laughs> for wow. Some reason. Yeah. Um, and uh, where are some more uh, kind of classic uh, PG movies? Uh, it wasn't PG, but we talked about Dancing with Wolves and Adam's, uh, Adam's Family because it was, came with the McDonald's. Uh, Yep. Deals. Do you remember when that oh, was yeah. happening? Oh, oh, you get a VHS. Yeah. Rudy. Rudy was the big one. I was trying to we think didn't of have Rudy. So. No, we, yeah, we didn't no. have that with the, the, uh, Superman, the movie got a lot of play in our house. Okay. Definitely yeah. Adam's family. Yeah. Those are yeah. Ghostbusters two. I don't know if we even had a copy of Ghostbusters. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Probably not. I don't. Yeah. Come to think of it. I don't know how I saw that movie so many times cause we didn't own it, but I guess we rented it. I don't know. So, but anyway, well, I I hope you got your alarm clock set on repeat because we're about to unravel the mysteries of time loops, weather predictions, and of course, Ned Ryerson. Weatherman Phil Connors is spending the day in Puxatawney, Pennsylvania. Phil? Ned! Ned Ryerson, I did the whistling belly button trick at the high school talent show. Bing! Bing! But Phil's about to find out... He's not just stuck in Puxatawney. Will you be checking out today, Mr. Connors? Chance of departure today, 100%. He's stuck... <laughs> in Groundhog Day. I'm reliving the same day over and over. Bill? Ned Ryerson? Groundhog Day is a 1993 American fantasy comedy film directed by Harold Ramis from a screenplay by him and Danny Rubin, starring Bill Murray, Andy McDowell, and Chris Elliott. It tells the story of Phil Connors, played by Murray, a cynical television weatherman covering the annual Groundhog Day event in Ponxitawney, Pennsylvania, who becomes trapped in a time loop, forcing him to relive February 2nd repeatedly. Groundhog Day was considered a box office success on its release, 
earning over $105 million to become one of the highest grossing films of 1993. It also received general positive reviews. Reviewers were consistent and praised for the film's successful melding of highly sentimental and deeply cynical moments and for the philosophical message beneath the comedy. I don't know if you know this, uh, Kyle, but it actually won a BAFTA award for best original screenplay. <laughs> so I did, I, was, I, I did read that. That's crazy to me. <laughs> yeah. So um, in the years since its release, the film has grown in high esteem. It's considered one of the greatest films of the 1990s and one of the greatest comedy movies ever. Uh, it was also, and I think you, I, you, you can correct me if I was wrong. Did you, you see the 2016 musical? I've seen the musical. I saw it on Broadway with the original cast. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. How, how was that? It's awesome. It's great. It's a great show. Tim mentioned to the music for it. He's the same guy that did the music for uh, Matilda, the musical. He's oh, like a, okay. a singing comedian. Um, and it, it was, we loved it. We, it was one of those where we were in town for something. We went, we're in town and we had our show we were going to see. And then usually we just go and see another one while we're there. And it was the other one we saw just because, we could get tickets for it and uh, okay. absolutely loved it. Still, I was listening to the soundtrack to this day. It's really oh, good. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. I need to, I need to just check out the soundtrack <laughs> to that. But um, it also, I don't, I, I don't remember seeing this, but it also apparently spawned a video game sequel uh, in 2019 called Groundhog Day, like father, like son. I, I've I, never I think heard of this. <laughs> well, I don't, you have an Oculus, right? I think it's an Oculus game. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, you play cool. as Phil Connors Jr. Reliving your own time loop. Uh, <laughs> But I believe it got mixed reviews, is how the website kindly put it. <laughs> Sounds like a guy's weekend uh, game to download. <laughs> you guys want to play? I've got a, we can either do uh, Remains of the Day or Groundhog Day. Which one do you guys want? I've got the new, all the new Oculus games. Yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. So I, I think it's fair to say we, we both love this movie. Um, yeah. Now, I, I will say, you know, when I first was thinking about doing this list, you know, it, popping up on this best rom-coms list. I just in my love for this movie, I have never really considered it as a rom-com <laughs> at all. Uh, even though I, I also kind of think it clearly is, especially kind of watching it mm -hmm. through this lens. But uh, what, what about you? Have you ever really thought about it like that? No, I've never really, I've never really thought of it that way. You know, I, I was, I was thinking about that too. And I was like, am I going to come on to, uh, onto Nate's podcast with some hot take about how this isn't really a rom-com. And I mean, I guess it is, you know, and you read up yeah. on it and, and Harold Ramis really did change uh, Ruben's script to be more of a rom-com more mainstream and a rom-com. So I'm like, well, they did intend for it to be that way, but it, to me, it's more a movie about this guy, Phil Carter's and him kind of getting his life reprioritizing his life. And then the the love aspect of it, I, I thought was kind of second tier. But watching it, watching it in the lens of a rom com, I don't know. The last fifteen minutes is all about all about him and and Andy McDowell's character, and 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 seeing where he really makes the change of deciding he wants to change how he's living his life happens after she kind of um, uh, he she. It, was it's after uh, she falls asleep next to him mm -hmm. or he wakes up or, or uh, and he, he realizes he can't like basically trick her into sleeping. With him. <laughs> um, so so like, every, uh, like every good guy was trying to do in the nineties, you know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> well, what would you do if you had, it, if you could relive the same day over and over again? Uh, um, so yeah, I guess it is a rom-com. I've just never thought of it that way. Cause it's so much more just about Phil. Um, right. Oh yeah, and there, yeah. The, the only barrier, you know, the only barrier put on their relationship is that he's a jerk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. yeah, yeah, pretty much. But yeah, I mean, I even kind of like, uh, and we'll talk about the soundtrack later. But you know, it ends with the Nat King Cole song, almost like being in love. I mean, it's you know, it's kind of giving the stamp of being you know for the genre. But you know, I think uh, just the way people viewed the movie, it just became something so much more that you know uh people don't mm -hmm. think about that a as much yeah i i think it firmly is a rom-com and and one of the great rom-coms but i don't even think of it that way yeah maybe, like, maybe that's its brilliance yeah and i liked what you said earlier that was a good point of you know the things we latched onto as a kid because that was uh i mentioned you know ned ryerson i mean those moments like I just remember any 
any of those scenes with Ned and how he interacts with them as a kid, I just thought those were so funny, especially the time where he finally just sucks them, you know, in, in the face. Uh, I mean, we, we used to say that all the time, you know, and then, you know, the whole being line and then, um, also, oh, and then also, the, even though, I, I mean, I think the scene works when uh, Phil steals the groundhog and you know, drives off the cliff. But the, uh, Chris Elliott, um, we always used to re uh, quote, like, when the truck goes off and he goes, He might be okay. No, probably not now. We would quote that as well, that line. Yeah, no, yeah. probably not now. But, no, probably. <laughs> not. And so, yeah, those were the kind of the things I latched on to as a kid. And then, I mean, I think, you know, as a kid, always just loved the movie. So it's something I watched all the time. And then it just kind of grew with just the deeper me meanings behind everything, you know, as you've grown older. And I think that's what kind of makes this a great movie. Well, and I also think he was more I, I think I, I remembered him being more of a jerk. I, not not a jerk. I'm because he is a jerk. More of a bad guy like a yeah. villain and he's really not he's just kind of prickly and he's just kind of a he's a dick like well, he's, he's a narcissist yeah he's a narcissist yeah. but he's not like evil like he's pleasant enough to people when he needs to be he's a competent weatherman yeah you know, it's it, he's just kind of a jerk uh <laughs> and and at the end even when he's this better person he's still kind of a sarcastic jerk he's yeah. just a, a a bit of a better person so i think maybe i'm older and i know more people like that and maybe I'm more like that myself i'm like hey he's not a villain <laughs> i mean he's just saying what he feels <laughs> just, you know these people are the worst <laughs> hicks rita yeah well um i mean a lot kind of when i was reading uh reading up on this you know this seemed to be kind of a big turning point for bill murray as far as like how people saw him and maybe like you know he he could do more serious roles, but mm -hmm. I think that's actually uh, what's so brilliant about his performance is exactly what you said, is he he stays the same person uh, by the end. You know, it's just the outlook has changed. So he still has that sarcasm, that dry humor, um, but he's just redirecting it <laughs> in a different in a different way. And that's what I like about it. It's not you you actually do see the change in him, and it makes sense. Wherein I think in other ways you can kind of be like, oh, that was uh, quite a leap. Yeah, it'd be too sticky and sweet if at the end he lost his edge and he still wasn't making his little comments. Or, like that, then you've got then you're in sh like your shallow howl. Like there's a movie that does like the kind of magical jerk to good person arc that is not a very good movie for plenty of reasons, but it it you know he the edge gets filed off completely and, and it stops becoming a real person. Right. Yeah, no, exactly. And so do, do you like uh, Bill Murray in this as much as I do? I really do. And my, my relationship with Bill Murray has changed a lot. The older I get, because you know, you, you find out more about him um, in his public life and yeah. he's just, he, he's a jerk. Like he's a bad guy. And like, he's yeah. just, he just is. And, um, and so, and you you hear how he is on sets and all that, and uh, so you like to separate, you know, your the artist from the art, right? Um, right. But I think he's just flat out brilliant in this. The way he plays it, the way the kind of detached uh, cynicism he has the whole time, and and like I said, never getting, never letting go of that, never not being Phil. Right. Right. And I, I think. Uh, I the big part of, you know, again, this great performance pulled out of him is the director, Harold Ramis, who's also, you know, actor. So if you don't yep. know who Harold Ramis is, he's directed many great comedies, Caddyshack, National Lampoon's Vacation. Uh, I actually love, I've always loved Analyze This. I, I don't know if it holds up still, but he's also, you know, actor. He was an Egon and Ghostbuster. So he wrote Animal House. Yeah. Oh yeah. Wrote Animal House, big mm -hmm. part of that National Lampoon, you know, family. And so, uh, and, you know, Murray and R Ramis, they co-starred in Stripes. They did a lot of things together. And uh, it famously, this movie 
just caused a major rift between them where they just didn't talk <laughs> like after this movie was done. Um, yeah. And then uh, they apparently reconciled everything when uh, Ramis was essentially, I think on his deathbed in 2014. <laughs> so um, it's just interesting that it, it, it got to that point. So um, yeah. I mean, th there's two sides to every story I know, but also hearing the other things like you guys mentioned about, you know, Murray's, uh, um, you know, personality on sets and stuff. It's kind of, kind of tracks, you know? So, but. yeah, it, it is sad, but apparently, uh, you know, they had conflicting views on how the script should be presented. Ramus more broadly comical. Murray wanted to be more philosophical and, and he like took a break in the late eighties from acting for several years, mm -hmm. yeah. uh, for like four years to, uh, to study like philosophy at the Sorbonne or something like that. Yeah. Um, and, and, and so he's more interested in that, I think. Um, and I think he admitted, well, Harold was right to make it the movie that it was, but it still didn't repair their friendship until you said the very end. And I was actually, I was in New York uh, when Ramus died and we went by the Ghostbusters firehouse and people were laying oh. like flowers out at the firehouse. It was, it was very cool. I thought you were about to say you <laughs> swung by his uh, house and... Yeah, I went. I went. Pay, it went. I paid my respects, and you know, I, I saw. I saw Harry. Were you able to bury the hatchet with him? As yeah, well? we finally. No, no, I'll never forgive that son of a bitch. <laughs> and I think it's okay to laugh at that because that's why I like Raymond so much. He had that like dark comedic sense to him. So it was funny. Like his group was like. I mean, there was more than just the Ghostbuster group, but like, you know, Bill Murray kind of went into that break like you were talking about. And then like Dan mm. Aykroyd was always kind of kooky and went to this like supernatural mm. thing. You could He's just see selling vodka. Yeah. <laughs> and you could, just see, you could just still see Harold Ramis just getting stoned going like, <laughs> what's the big deal, you guys? You know, he he was able to almost kind of construct like he was famous, but, you know, he never had the fame that they had. But I don't think he was interested in that. I mean, did lots of directing still. Uh, like directed episodes of the office. And mm -hmm. I, I just, I had always been a big fan of him. Although I didn't see his last movie um, that I heard was your one. Yeah. That, that I heard it was notoriously pretty bad, but <laughs> yeah, you know, everybody's uh, I, I don't know. He, yeah. He's, he's got some stinkers in there, but th this has to be his masterpiece in my opinion. Oh, oh yeah. And, yeah. And this is the guy that did vacation, which is a good movie, but that's got more of an edge to it. I think that, I mean, this is definitely his most accessible movie for the masses, I would say. Um, yeah. And, and it's, it's really good. Yeah. And I, I don't I know think, if you guys have got that. I like this movie. <laughs> yeah. um, and I think part of it that also makes it so great is, and I think this is probably something that Harold Ramis brought to it. Cause he, even though he was co-star, co-star in a lot of things, I think he could easily maybe be uh, kind of in like, categorized into the character actor type of person. And mm -hmm. I think that's what makes this movie so good is all the people that surround uh, the main characters, because uh, they're so, you know, memorable. I mean, we talked about Ned Ryerson and, you know, even um, the the waitress that's in there, like Doris. Doris. And part of it is that we like we see them like multiple times and stuff. But I, I think that's kind of what makes this movie so accessible is like you really do feel like you're trapped in this world as well. And everybody looks like super familiar to you. And you kind of start looking like in the background of like, I like how the, you know, the guys in the bowling alley, you know, they're like in one of them's in the diner during that day. You know, I just, uh, I think that's what really stands out about this. No, I, the, the town is so real and lived in, and he's got such an eye for just ca casting the characters and then populating them throughout the town. And it, it really rewards you watching it over and over again, how, you know, the, sure, there's extras in the background, but it's also these actors are in the background of every scene um, living their life in this small town. And it you're really rewarded for that. And it it reminds me of The Office, where when they would do you do background scenes at The Office or you do talking heads, it's it's the principal cast that has to be back there doing nothing, you know, frittering around, pretending like they're typing on a computer. It can't just be extras that they have. And, yeah. and that's this movie like you're at the diner scene and it's completely not even about these characters and they don't have speaking lines, but it's all these people that you're going to see later in the movie and that you've seen that are just in there in the background, you know, pretending to eat a sandwich. And, mm -hmm. uh, and it's, it's, it's so well done in that respect, keeping, keeping it small and insulated and, and letting you know this community so that it pays off so much in that last day 
when yeah. he's going through and interacting with all of them and it at the dance, all of them are coming up and, mm -hmm. and, and talking about Phil and how much he's meant to them in just that one day because you've gotten to know them over the last hour and a half. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think also, I think it's brilliant how they do these uh you know these days these repeats especially as he's starting to try to woo rita <laughs> and learning mm -hmm. more about her but you know the camera movements uh, always being the same I, uh -huh. I, I always i've always remembered for whatever reason especially the one where they're in the, like the german restaurant where it kind of begins and i think it's like it's subtle but it's brilliant to start start with that waitress with those two <laughs> huge mugs of beer you uh -huh. know wa walking and this time i tried to like kind of watch even the background actors like you're talking about to see like how similar they move and stuff and i think they too kind of tried to stick with that but i i think it's brilliant how when they decided to not use music uh, I think a lot of times it would be, you know, kind of in the background. And I just mm -hmm. like, I, I just like those hard cuts where we just see the scenes like <laughs> playing over and over, but they also know exactly when the right time to bring in the music in, in, into these little montages, like when he's getting slapped <laughs> multiple mm -hmm. times. And uh, also when <laughs> he's like the, how he's uh, killing himself all those different <laughs> times as well. But I just think they found that like good, like balance of everything of when to just let the scenes play out the way they are. Yeah, they do a really good job of like setting up the vignettes and, and, and showing the passage of time. And yeah, I love so many great hard cuts in this movie. Oh yeah. Definitely. <laughs> For yeah. sure. And uh, even even like uh, where that one date seems to be going really, really well. And then, you know, it doesn't end well and she leaves and then it goes to the next. And I think when it cuts and I think it's also deciding when to cut uh, into the date and it's, once again, back into the snowball, the snowball fight with the kids. And I'd love how he's just forcing. forcing yeah. He's more man. He's forcing the conversation the second time. And then yeah. after that, it's just off the rails and you get into the slap montage. Yeah. Yeah. But I just love how he's like aggressively like scooting closer <laughs> to her. Hey, so get just through a snowball. Hey, come yeah. here. Let's have some fun. Come on. Hey. <laughs> Hey, kids, come on. I, I wish these were my own kids hitting me like this. Hey. Hey. Ow, ow. Are any of you up for adoption? Hey, here's a here's a humdinger over here. Hey. Wasn't that great? And, and the look on her face. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. You've not yeah. earned this. Yeah, a lot is made about this movie too. Uh, that they based this on the Kubler Ross model of the five stages of grief, denial, anger, bargaining, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. And they kind of use that as an outline. And I thought that was a like amazing way to frame this story for sure. Yeah, it really tracks uh, too. If you think about uh, the different scenes in the movie, and it's it's a it's it. I'm trying to think if I, I guess that's the the perfect arc for the character. I mean, and, and why wouldn't it be in this uh, from the denial to finally acceptance? And they 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 play it really well. I mean, I remember as a kid loving the suicide montage. That he was so funny. <laughs> I, I did too, and it it kind of made me think of well, you know, we actually we've covered uh, the movie already. Uh, Palm Springs. Have you seen that one? I, I have. Network? Yeah, I, I'm not as high on it as you are. I okay. think it's fine. I think yeah. it's fine. Yeah. And so they also, I kind of, I'm almost like, how would they handle the suicide? <laughs> like, you know, it, it now, like with this movie or whatever like that, because I, I think it maybe would have, I think they still handle it delicately, but yeah, like you, yeah, I, re I remember laughing quite a bit as a kid. I mean, it still it kind of made me laugh a little, <laughs> a little bit. One of the problems, I think one of the problems with Palm Springs is, and I don't remember that movie that well, to be honest, um, is it, Falls into a trap that this movie doesn't, and one of the things that makes this movie so good is it tries to over-explain the mechanics of why everything's happening. Yeah, I get that, yeah. Whereas this one, it's just happening. Yeah. And it's so much better for the fact that it's just happening, it's just allowed to happen. He's not venturing outside of the town, we're not watching him try to escape, like, it is yeah. just living the same day in the town over and over again. You, you accept that premise, and, yeah. you know, that's what it is. Yep. Yep. Um, so apparently, uh, in the special features of the DVD, uh, Ramus stated that the original idea was for Phil to live this day for about 10,000 years, but later said that Phil probably lived in the same day for about 10 years. Do you feel like that, that, uh, would probably track and this kind of arc that you're seeing playing that played out? Yeah. I mean, I just, well, I can't imagine that 
<laughs> 10 years, you'd go insane. Um, the, the screenwriter said he thought it would be about 100 years, too. Mm. So I think I don't think anyone really gave it that much thought as to how long it would be. I, I When I was watching it as a kid before, when I had, before the internet, and I was trying to I'd make up my own mind of how long it was, I always figured it was a couple years. You know, I yeah. never, I never thought 10,000 years. That kind of boggles the mind. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, I always thought like, yeah, it was, you know, five years, 10 years, something like that. Yeah, I, I think what probably really makes you start thinking about it is framing the skill sets that he develops, like playing the piano and right. I, I sculpting. I sculpting. <laughs> yeah, you know. And it's not just that he like learns French to read her that poem, like he learns French. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, and back then you didn't have all the apps, you know. <laughs> like, you know, you, well, that's you always... That, that that's my thing like i always wondered about like the piano lessons uh -huh, yeah um what was the third year of the piano lessons like where he shows up saying like i'm a new student and i need lessons and it's just a day <laughs> i mean at a certain point doesn't he just go buy a piano because uh, on the last day the teacher's like that's my student and he's yeah. like a professional piano player and he went to her house and asked for piano lessons and then was just, like just just go to a music store man and play on their piano if you need to practice for an hour you don't need to pay this lady a thousand dollars and have her take her student out to noodle on her piano that that part of that scene really bothers me that she takes such credit <laughs> <laughs> or, or we learn a lot about it. She needs her own time loop. Yeah, yeah. That's like me, like going into like a Maroon Five concert. I'm like, yep, I told you they had it. Yep, <laughs> you know, like it was like, and but I guess this is the same lady that did push out a little kid. You know, so she thousand dollars. That kid's parents would understand. <laughs> hey, I, I was kind of like, hey, I I understand totally. <laughs> um, so uh, I, I know a lot of uh, a lot of religions have kind of latched on to this movie, uh, kind of seeing this as an allegory. Uh, have you ever viewed this film in in that kind of deeper way? I really haven't. I guess. I mean. No, I've almost viewed it more as even the secular way of like, appreciate what you have around you and, <laughs> and uh, you know, treat people well and look out for other people. Right. Yeah. You know, we're the ones that need to take care of each other. Uh, so no, I never looked at the deep religious allegory of it all. And, and the, re the writers were not intending that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would, I think I would agree to agree with you. I, I, th I think that, I mean, I think it's great that you can look into it like that, you know, but it's kind of one of those. I, I, I feel like with a lot of movies, sometimes you can always like find something to <laughs> latch on to. And like, you know, this movie's about, you know, the deprivation of man, you know, like yeah. I, I think you can always find something in that. So once again, I think if you went to <laughs> I think, I think a film that's written by by a committee with studio notes and goes through 10 drafts isn't really about anything philosophically. <laughs> right. right. But I was, yeah. but what's, what's great about that is this is just like a little movie that I saw with my parents that I loved growing up that I don't think that then I got older and I realized other people also loved it. And then you find out it's like universally adored. It was mm -hmm. critically acclaimed. It's got all these people that talk about it and debate it and discuss it. And it it's it makes this a great movie that I just thought was this little comedy with, with mm -hmm. the guy from Ghostbusters that I liked that I saw in the early 90s. And it has this whole other life yeah. that I did, yeah. didn't realize until I was older that, that exists. Yeah, I completely agree. And kind of doing, even though I knew a lot about this film already, kind of doing some research, like the BAFTA award, like, completely threw me off because like you i i, I kind of assumed the same thing like i never you know it being like one of the top grossing films of the, the of that year you know i i just i wouldn't i would have never guessed you know but um but it's such a tight screenplay like it it deserves that yeah. win it, it presents the informations well what, what i mean schindler's list also came out in 93 but <laughs> I know. I, I should have thrown that in that like, like, like Groundhog Day beat Schindler's List for best screenplay. <laughs> so, those Br those British, they just you know, they're like, hmm, what what hits close to home? <laughs> it, was it World War Two that affected our country for the rest of time, or was it about? <laughs> We're not giving anything to that Irish Liam Neeson. 
<laughs> exactly. Oh, um, uh, we can't go. Oh, okay. Kind of putting back to the serious thing. Through all that, like, like it, uh, me finding it just being funny and all the silly scenes. I will say it still kind of hits me now. Uh, just the montage of his interactions with the homeless man. Oh, that scene always resonated with me that there's some things he just can't fix. And there's some yeah. things that are just inevitable. And this man was going to die on that day. And there's nothing that he could do about it. He was just fated to die. Right. Yeah. Um. So that always struck with me. But I don't know. That's one of those scenes that always are those sections that always elevated the movie to me a little bit. Um. Mm -hmm. And I, I wondered in that final day, you know, when he what is his interaction with the man in the final day? Did he give him the money in his pocket to just give him a good day or like, you know, what time is he spending with this guy mm -hmm. where as opposed to going and saving the kid falling out of the tree or these things that he realizes he can control. Um, yeah. So I think I, I like that. And you know, it's me. So I'm going to talk about the play. The play gets a little bit more into the darker side of things, but a play, okay. you know, is also two and a half hours long or whatever, mm, yeah. uh, as opposed to an hour and a half. So they got to, they've got to flesh it out quite a bit. So it gets a little more serious with Nancy, with Ned Ryerson, with the old man. And, and it fits, it really fits there. Um, and it's interesting. This is the first time I'd seen it. This movie since I saw the stage version, which oh, okay. uh, it was, it was different watching it now. Um, having that background and really realizing how much breezier this is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is. It, it is. And, and then several really characters are, are much more minor in this, like the two drunk guys. Oh yeah. You just have like this, the one scene who are in the play a lot more. I'm like, Oh yeah, these guys are just in this one spot. <laughs> um, so did you have, I, I kind of mentioned the Ned Ryerson, uh, Ryerson scenes and yeah. where is there any other like scenes that you've always really liked some of your f favorites or uh, favorite quotes? Um, yeah, I mean, I love the, I love the, uh, the dance scene at the end with him playing the, the piano and the, the auction, uh, the old lady saying uh, two bits <laughs> and the look on Chris Elliott's face, like, Oh my gosh. And, and, uh, the most Caucasian scene ever put on film where they're all jamming out on the piano and the guys playing the guitar and you got the piano teacher there twirling her hands and they're rocking out, man. There's just these <laughs> middle-aged white people rocking out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I've always enjoyed uh, anything that Chris Elliott was involved. It, it, like his scenes, I think are really funny. Um, I always stuck out when he when he's wearing the Clint Eastwood costume <laughs> and uh, Nancy comes by. He's like, "This girlfriend of mine <laughs> doesn't remember me." <laughs> uh, yeah, um, yeah. I, I think Chris Elliott is is great in this movie, and also like they, they not that they give him serious stuff to do, but like when they have to identify Phil's body <laughs> in mm -hmm. the morgue, you know, it, it's true to character that he still doesn't say something bad about Phil uh, in that moment. He's, you know, he's a really great guy. I like yeah, him. Yeah, but he, but he didn't say, "Oh, I love him so much." Like I just thought that was still like even the subtle scenes he had, you know, uh, were always uh, really good. But I always remember oh. that uh, that sweater he wears <laughs> throughout yeah. this movie for whatever reason. And I love the uh, I love the the scene where he's watching Jeopardy and he's just answering all the questions and the old people are sitting there applauding and he just starts drinking the Jack Daniels straight out of the bottle. Lakes and rivers for a thousand. Milky colored from what glacial clay when entering Lake Geneva, this river is clear blue upon exiting. Jim? What is the Rhone? The Rhone, good for $1,000. You are $500 off the lead right now. Let's go to inventors for 200. So good. And, and the, uh, uh, when the guy says, uh, are, you know, are you think it'll be an early spring? He's like, I'm predicting March 21st. <laughs> oh, I think that is actually spring because that is the kind of stuff that I will say to people like. <laughs> uh, uh, and I I mean, we we both have a, a, a dark sense of humor. And I, I do like when he gets into the dark days and <laughs> just when he uh, is doing the the uh the cat the live shot and he just the times where he just completely just throws <laughs> throws the whole broadcast away i just love those it's a tiny little town in western pennsylvania yeah it's gonna Today, be it's never gonna end yeah <laughs> it's gonna be cold it's gonna be gray <laughs> yeah. oh and then uh I, I also liked where he's uh in the bowling alley i was in the virgin islands once i met a girl we ate lobster drank pina coladas. At sunset, 
We made love like sea otters. That was a pretty good day. Why couldn't I get that day over and over and over? And the, the one that has always stuck with us is the too late for flapjacks. Flapjack, too late for flapjacks. I wonder if the police force, I, I'm sure it had been done before, but when they, he rolls down the window and he starts giving the order, the fast food ordered, you know, to the cops. I wonder if that started a string of people doing that all the time. Oh, I hope so. I hope so. And they found out that when they woke up the next day, they were not uh, in their B&B. They were still in prison. <laughs> Movie musings. This movie musing segment, it's just going to have a theme because this movie okay. just this just kind of uh, lends itself to it. So it's more like kind of fill in the the blanks. So these might be a little tough, but I feel like you're a person that's probably. Uh, oh, thanks. What? <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but like I, I feel like you're a person that I've thought about what what would I do if I lived the same day over and over. So yeah. if this was the case for you, uh, I mentioned uh, his uh, Phil's day in the Virgin Islands. If you had one day in your life that you could could repeat over and over again, uh, what what day would that be? Wow, that's tough. Um, yeah, maybe one of the days for my honeymoon. That was fun. We took yeah. a trip. Uh, you know, my wife and I uh, were actually in New York, not because it was New York, but just like that was that was a, a great time. Um, yeah, I maybe mean, my wife would have to be there. It'd be one of those days. Right. I was, I did, I did think about this actually, and all I could think of was what I thought would be maybe common answers, and how those would not be the days that I would relive, like my wedding day. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Not. That was stressful and tiring. No way. Like the birth of my kids. Nope. Awful day. Didn't sleep well. Like, nope. No good. Uh, so that's no fun. Like New Year's days to me. Like New Year's Day where you're just lounging and doing nothing. But then I guess that wouldn't be good because nothing's open. And I think that's one of the things about Groundhog Day that's great is because it's just Groundhog Day. Like right, you do right. Up in the morning, but still, all the businesses are open. Like, he can go to the bank. There's ladies giving piano lessons, like, all of this stuff. So, it can be someday where everything's shut down. Um, and I need to be in a in a not so remote location. Yeah. See, this is why this is why I'm terrible at this because I overanalyze it. Because I'm not just <laughs> like I had a great birthday party once and it was a lot of fun. I'm like, no, but I'm gonna need medical attention maybe, and so I'm gonna have to be by a hospital. <laughs> Oh, well, I do think one thing this movie gets like it definitely would have to be um, a ideal weather day, because especially yes. as especially here in Oklahoma, we've had some really cold days lately. <laughs> and I'm definitely in this like phase of and I like cold weather and I'm it's just gotten a little too cold for me. <laughs> and so it the weather would definitely have to be nice. It would have to that would have to be a criteria, I think, for sure. Yeah, maybe one of our beach trips, like to Rosemary Beach, just uh, live that day over and over again. Yeah. To where I have access to that. Like, it's nice weather. Got access to the beach. I can go golfing if I want. There's also a city there if I want to take some piano lessons. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so you uh we talked a little bit about some of the skills he developed he would develop so um mm -hmm. you, you you already got the woodcrafting thing down uh you you had mentioned before this that you're starting to kind of learn how to play the piano but what what is like one skill if you you know had the same day over and over that you think you would really like to develop yeah i would i mean instruments i would want to master as many instruments as i could i think like yeah. i love I, I love that i also languages i've never been good at languages and i would i've it's always been a dream of mine to like be able to speak any language and so i think i would and i'm not good at it like mm -hmm. I, I was, that was never a skill of mine in school i was always bad at foreign language classes so i would i would I think I'd want, if I had the time, buckle down and do that and master as many instruments as I could master. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I figured, I think it would be funny to <laughs> maybe develop, <laughs> not that this would be like my first one to go to, but if you learned like true like magic and then just on those days, yeah. just to get the shock value of the people you need. You know, in your life, <laughs> when the hell did he learn how to do that? <laughs> I think you know, 
I would run and get really good at woodworking, but a lot of those woodworking projects you need to let set for like 20, like you never able to finish anything. <laughs> like, I have to let this stain dry for 24 hours before I can do anything. Yeah, that, that yeah, that'd be extremely, and you, yeah, you would never get to really rest into like the actual finished work at all. Yeah, I need to just get into like whittling. Like, oh, it's another toothpick. Yeah. Um, so what is something, well, what would you consider yourself as a daring person? No, in no way. Okay. In no way. So I'm the most risk adverse person I'll ever meet. <laughs> okay. I don't know. You haven't met, uh, well, you've met Hallie before, but, uh, <laughs> Hallie and my wife might <laughs> like beat you. On I would love life. to hang out with them. We would all have a pleasant time. <laughs> so, is there anything that like part of this, like if you had the same day over and over that you would just go out, like I, I would try that just because I know I would like live the next day. Um, I'm, yeah, I would probably, I would do all the, like the skydiving things, you know, those types of things that, that scare me that aren't really that daring, right? It's a controlled environment. Um, <laughs> like, I mean, I'm not going to say anything bad that I would do, but I would do all of those things. <laughs> fill in the blank here. <laughs> I went armed robbery. That'd be fun to try. <laughs> Murder. I mean, like, sure. you know, if, yeah. if we're here, that'd be my luck. That'd be the day it didn't, the loop stopped. <laughs> That could be a movie in itself is like set up that this person's like, you know, living the same day over and over. Uh, they kill somebody and then the next day they wake up, they still have blood on the hands. So I think that'd be a, <laughs> just going from there. Did you see happy death day? I did not actually. So to me, that's the really good version of this. Uh, so is edge of tomorrow with, with Tom Cruise. Yeah. I remember liking um, that one. But Happy Death Day is like a slasher movie where the where the girl is caught in the loop. Uh, okay. Where she ends up getting murdered every day. Oh, that's and cool. And she's trying to like solve who it is, you know? But it's like, oh, okay. it's not scary. It's more of a tongue-in-cheek. Like it's, it's got a fun sense of humor to it. And there's a sequel I didn't watch, but that's a fun watch. To me, yeah. that's better than Palm Springs. <laughs> Happy Death Day. Uh, so my girls have gotten into this thing where they really like to jump out behind doors and scare me. I and saw this video and they're going to kill your father. <laughs> they, are, they will. Yeah. Um, but like, I mean, that enough gives me like anxiety sometimes. I can't imagine the thought of like, I'm going to murder. I'm going to get murdered. No I'm gonna get murdered. What. At what point would you just be like, all right, I'm going to get murdered today. <laughs> okay. <laughs> jumping back into this movie and specifically talking about it being as a rom-com i i, I tr was trying really hard to not talk about andy mcdowell here as rita um and so we did a good job kind of skirting that so i mean I, I know we both have watched four weddings and a funeral uh not too long ago uh, not together but we both <laughs> both were not impressed really by her uh, more so her character yeah. in that uh, mm, she's pretty bad in that movie <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, um, so what, what would you give the romantic chemistry between Phil and Rita here? And we can kind of, that can maybe lead into a little discussion about how we feel about Andy McDowell in this movie. Yeah, I don't, gosh, I don't know if Bill Murray, I, I think he's got better chemistry. I was going to say, I don't know how well Bill Murray has romantic chemistry with anybody because he's so abrasive and mm -hmm. he, he, doesn't really let anybody in. I'd, I'd say the best version of romantic chemistry is Sigourney Weaver in the Ghostbusters movie. I agree. Back to him. And and I don't know if Andy McDowell has that speed as much. I mean, she plays off of him and she's, I, I, I like her in this. I think she's very good in this. I I, I, I love th that character and I think, I think it's fun and she plays it well and I think it's sweet. And I think they're okay together, but I don't, I wouldn't say their chemistry is off the charts. I don't think that's her fault. I'd say it's probably more his fault than anything um because i think she's very good it's a lovable character like the optimism but not too much like squishy optimism like she still doesn't have time for his crap um it does always bug me at the end of the movie when he tells her he loves her and she's fine with it yeah like her reaction should be the exact same as it was 
midway through the movie when he tells her he loves her and yeah. she's like what the hell are you talking about because <laughs> um, they've had even less of a nice day together that last day she's just more impressed with him from afar <laughs> right like they don't have quality interactions she's just like oh look at this guy he's just suddenly become the person that i'm uh meets all those qualities um so yeah i, I eh, chemistry it's fine it's better than a lot of movies but it's not his best chemistry with someone it's better than her chemistry with hugh grant i'll give it that <laughs> yeah yeah um so i ultimately gave it two and a half i was kind of right in the middle I, is that what you would give it or a, a is it higher? out of five out of five yeah i'd give it three three, I'd give okay. it three. yeah she, she, she holds her own against him and yeah. she's just so damn adorable yes yeah and I don't know if partially is that we talked about like when we first saw this movie and forever, this was the only thing I ever knew Andy McDowell was in. And so I always liked the movie, therefore I always liked her in it. And so like you, I, she does feel, I mean, obviously like beautiful, but she does feel very true to life. Um, yeah. I mean, and she can wear a vest that's decorated like a couch cushion. Yeah. With the best of them. I mean, yeah. But if you've ever met a television producer, uh, no television producer, especially from news, is that laid back <laughs> as she is. And <laughs> like, go to the club. I like when he's like, even when he's nice about, it, like, hey, I talked to so and so, and the shot should go over here. And she's like, okay, great. I was like, no producer would ever do that. Um, but uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, but yeah, um, yeah, I kind of like you. Um, I, you do see why she likes finally into him because of that day. Like, oh, this can yeah. be somewhere. But the jumps, like you talked about, like, even when they leave and he's like, we're going to live here. And it's like, I'd be like, whoa, 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 whoa. Well, yeah, yeah. Listen, psycho. We just met. <laughs> I mean, this is a cute town and all, but yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so the second category is a little hard, like the best friend. Um, I, I don't know. There's really, I, I don't know if you could put Chris Elliott's character in it, here. It, I mean, it has to be right. Yeah. yeah I was yeah. thinking about that when I was watching it because I, I knew you were going to ask me these. I don't think this movie has a best friend. No. I mean, he's, he's, he's the closest thing and you'd have to put it at like a one. I mean, because the, the, nobody yeah. fills an Island into himself, right? There's no one that he bounces anything off of. Um, because he is the godlike character at the center of this that it's all happening to. Yeah, yeah. I, I will say the ultimate where I kind of coming back, uh, coming from this communications video production world, um, when Phil like offers to take it, actually carry his camera. I mean, that yeah. is like, that is a huge thing. Like talent would never do such a thing. But I've also met a lot of cameramen. And if you dared touch their camera, they would like go nuts on you. So that's kind of like a kind of a weird little thing there. But yeah, do, I would, do, are they still referred to as talent? Because that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. As they're, <laughs> they're the only ones with talent um, that are in, involved in that production. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. I, I, no, I think, I think even when we did even kind of, um, even the nonprofit, like a lot of volunteers and stuff like that. It's almost like a, it's like an adage. You're like, oh, the talent, mm -hmm. just that's the person in front of the camera. Um, but it's yeah, that they get egos. <laughs> How does that happen? Uh, they have green rooms where they, you know, get to have snacks and you know, <laughs> powder for their noses. Yeah, um, yeah. I wonder how that happens, but yeah, uh, I, I, I'm comfortable with a kind of a not available for this category. You're good with that. Yeah, I will say that the green room at um, we're here at, at Nathan's headquarters at his office building in downtown Oklahoma City. The green room is nice here. It is. Nice. <laughs> I, I know how to treat my guests with style, you know. So <laughs> um, I'm assuming parking will be validated. <laughs> of course, yeah, especially in Oklahoma City. It's you were here recently. <laughs> you saw how easy it is to park in this in this town. <laughs> Oh, you can go to, we went to a Thunder game um, the other night and just guess how much we paid for parking. And we didn't have to walk too far to get to the stadium. 20 bucks? 10. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so I was thrilled, like, so when I got into Spotify and to search soundtrack, the soundtrack, like usually, usually you can't find them. Um, and right. if they do exist on Spotify, there's a lot of like songs that are grayed out. Somehow Spotify has this official soundtrack and all the tracks 
Miller on the soundtrack. So I, I don't know. We we watched this rather quickly. I didn't know if you had a chance to listen to the soundtrack at all. Yeah, I started listening to it uh, this afternoon while I was working. Um, and so I got, you know, the main just like yeah. <laughs> songs. And then I, I tried to listen to it in the car with my, my kids while I was uh, taking them to after school activities. <laughs> And they were like, what is this? We want to listen to something else. So uh, I, I got the gist of it. I really, I'm like, okay, it's it's mostly the score. There's some of the standards that yeah. they've got that are that they put in here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I I ultimately gave it a two. Uh, now I will say the opening song and kind of closes it rolls in the in credits, uh, Weatherman. Uh that song, like just kind of a nostalgic feel uh to that song. <laughs> yeah, there's bit. a good there's a good like on the nose songs where it like talks about one day at a time or I'm your weatherman. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, it, it gets knocked down a little bit for me cause it's got like the, um, aggressive tuba music that like curb your enthusiasm type music. And I've never, I've never once in my life found music that's supposed to be funny, funny. Right. Um, just that's never happened. I've, there's never been a, and I'd be like, Oh man, that's really adding something to this. Um, so yeah, I don't really care about the score and I don't want to talk about it at the soundtrack. What I want to talk about is the Broadway musical. And I'm saying that is probably four out of five. You should just go listen to the musical instead. Okay. It's way better. Okay. Okay. All right. So for your brief, uh, listening experience to this one, what, what would you rate it? I don't know. Uh, two. One yeah. and a half. Yeah. I, like the songs are fine. The score is completely forgettable. It's yeah. not gonna none of none of this. For the fact that the score it, it's serviceable, right? It conveys right. the emotion of the scene. It's it, but it blends into the background. None of the none of these themes are gonna end up on my movie soundtrack playlist that I listen to while I'm working. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. It, it just kind of was like the soundtrack to this was it. It, it is the literal movie. <laughs> <laughs> like it's yeah. funny uh, how it ebbs and flows. I, I will say, you know, uh, famously, I got you, babe. Right, that plays on mm -hmm. alarm clock. I, I mm -hmm. think this was probably my first time to actually listen listen to the whole song. <laughs> like from oh, really? Finish. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I completely say uh, I completely understand why uh, they pick <laughs> I got you, babe, for this movie. It's it was the perfect. I mean, it was the perfect song to you know it just symbolize the because it being a pretty repeatable song in itself you weren't you weren't a big fan of the uh sunny and share comedy hour or whatever their variety show was you know it, it just that came on way past my bedtime <laughs> you know growing yeah. up so <laughs> um you're more of a mr tambourine man yeah Bam. <laughs> so the, the the last category and this one's kind of a little hard too because I, i've always said it's the chase scene or declaration of love mm -hmm. so this one I, I don't think they're really a chase a chase scene but he i do think phil has these two big declarations of love one you had mentioned where she like kind of tries to stay awake you know to see what happens mm -hmm. and you know and he kind of talks to her while she's sleeping um and i would say a little bit kind of towards the the end too in their last date but um how how did you view, the, view this category well I, i'd say the i a couple of things i'd, I'd say the one of the declarations of love to me would be where he's trying to convince her that he's living this day over and over again and he tells her how well he knows her yes and he's like you like boats but not the ocean and he goes into all of that like yeah yeah yeah. that's really he's confessing his love for her um and I, he's realized you know how wonderful she is so you have that but one of the great things about this movie and i think what makes it us think well it's not really a rom-com is that it doesn't have these tropes it mm -hmm. does there's no big flashy declaration of love moment or there's you know the declaration of love is that he he becomes a better person um you know it, it doesn't have that those tropes that you know water the water the genre down and it doesn't fit in that box it's just what makes it so great so you know for declaration of love hell i'll give it a five because it doesn't have one <laughs> you know, it, 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 it uh, dare I say, deftly and uh, works it into the story instead of just putting him on a soapbox and have him scream it at the camera. <laughs> yep. Yep. I, I completely agree. Just the moments we've talked about. I just think from a dialogue perspective, uh, just amazing, amazing writing. I, I just yeah. I, I, I just they're not uh, they feel genuine. 
uh, not sappy, uh, what you just said, mm -hmm. just being on a soapbox, a perfect way uh, <laughs> to say that, you know, and even little, the, this movie, just little buttons, it was, it has, um, like when they wake up and it's the next day, the third, and, you know, he just says it was the end of a very long day. Those little things, yeah. like it, those type of lines could be overly cheesy, but they actually are work and really smart and funny and cute and all the things. Um, so, yeah. Well, the one that really stuck out to me was he's at the bowling alley with the two drunks and he's like, you're living the same day, doing the same thing, repeating and nothing matters. And the one guy goes, sounds about right to me or, or whatever. And like, I got that when I'm older that like that yeah. these guys are living that life <laughs> in this small town over and like, as I'm a little, I was a kid that just whoo, right over my head. Yeah. Um, yeah. But like, I love those kind of lines. Yeah, yeah. Which leads, I think I accidentally said uh, the uh, declaration of love was the last category. The last category is actually rewatchability, which leads into that. I mean, I think it's fair. I mean, mine's five hearts. I, I assume that's the same for you. Yeah, I mean, for a movie that's all about a time loop, I mean, this movie could live in a time loop in my life. I watch it over and over again, and I and I, and I have like I'm I'm I can't believe it's been so long since I've seen it. Yeah, yeah, and um, and you you had kind of mentioned just the runtime of it and just uh. It, it just it moves you know and I, th I think like if you came into the living room and it was playing you get caught up in the scene and you're like oh wait this is coming up and you would want to watch that you know and so yeah um Nate, Nate why don't they make movies that are an hour and a half long anymore <laughs> I don't know because <laughs> you you you're paying so much money now you have to feel yeah. like you're getting the experience you know 27 dollars for my 4d experience <laughs> i need to have them throwing popcorn in my face yeah for now for three and a half hours <laughs> um i i would love i would have loved to be on this movie set these type of movies kind of fascinate me and like how they make them you know because mm -hmm. Clearly, I would think, you know, if like the snowball fight that we we're talking about, you, you shoot all of that at the same time. But being able like for the actors to kind of stay in the moment of like where they need to be like right. it, uh, it, this type of movie really kind of fascinates me to see it. Like, I, I bet it was so fun to cut it together. Like, <laughs> I mean, yeah, the logistics of that. You think about the the main set piece of like the town square where Puxitani Phil is how many times we go there in how many different situations like throughout the movie where he is in the time loop and like i'm sure they filmed all those at once not yeah. at once but over you know like they didn't keep building that set over like <laughs> right and, the logistical nightmare and then yeah editing it all together and i i don't know you say fun that you that's your come from your editor background that sounds like a nightmare to me <laughs> i just think it could be really fun with because i'm sure there's a lot on the cutting room floor as far as takes and stuff but just kind of like figuring out like when to jump from this you know when yeah. you're figuring out her drink order uh just especially those scenes i, I think i think are great <laughs> I, think I mean it's fun. the bartender right the bartender made all this happen because he keeps looking over knowingly at them like he's the only other person that knows phil's doing this over and over again <laughs> yeah yeah do you think he like do you think chris elliott's uh character larry like you know he gets that look from the bartender as well do you think maybe he's the next one <laughs> to give him he's some next work? He's next. He's gonna he's gonna fall in love with Nancy. He's gonna woo Nancy. <laughs> I think he has a steeper hill to climb than Phil did yeah. with Rita. <laughs> Much he's gonna he's a he's got a hand yeah a little bit more of the handicap going into it. I think. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I mean clearly a movie. I mean, I, I don't, <laughs> it's safe to say I, I don't think we're the ones uh, being totally out there by saying this is like amazing uh great movie but it, it'll be interesting to see by the end of this kind of where it falls on the rom-com list <laughs> you know yeah uh, but uh but definitely uh, if you haven't seen it yeah definitely definitely watch it although i will say i'm glad i owned it i owned it because right now it's not streaming anywhere unless well, i was shocked because it, it was it, yeah it was fairly recently and i yeah i plopped down to watch it the other night i'm like i gotta dig this thing out of my hard drive and plug my computer into my tv come on man i, I know i know they just they're just finding ways just to <laughs> make us angry it's like they had like it's like 
it's like uh like your parents as a kid offering you like a bag of candy and then just ripping that's what all these streaming networks did like they were like here's everything all the movies you could ever want and all of them have started pulling them off their streaming services now so they're like oh, oh yeah you know that's, like that's a little expensive to do that <laughs> december 26th you know home alone's gone off disney plus you can't you won't see that thing until december 1st of this you know next year so you have famously have said on this podcast before uh you know you have a hard time kind of watching a lot of new things or anything but over the holidays is there anything that you were able to see that you've been recommending uh people to check out or listening to or reading <laughs> reading um <laughs> i i started i'll tell you what i got genuinely excited for and i watched the first episode on uh, last sunday so there's only there's only one episode out so far okay it's the new season of true detective uh night country oh, okay yeah i've heard starring jody foster yeah i mean i loved the first season of true detective i didn't watch the second because everyone said it was bad i liked the third but i'm not 100 percent sure i finished it um through no fault of the shows and so i but i i love jody foster and i like the concept like i love a good procedural that's maybe more than a procedural and so i was genuinely excited for it and i think that's a fascinating setting anything you know kind of set up in alaska arctic circle area um and the first episode was like i'm hooked so it's it's great okay. it's uh they do a good job you know the first it's a lot of shoe leather in the first one introducing you to the characters and, and the setting and all that and it's done really well and i'm excited for the potential this season so that's my big that's my big recent thing that i've yeah. watched that wasn't groundhog day yeah do they uh do they jump in timelines a lot at all or is it more linear uh, so far this one's linear okay we, i mean we like i've literally this one existed in the same couple days okay okay interesting yeah, yeah no I'm, I'm finishing up uh fargo which i know is a very different show than uh than true detective but also evolves a lot of murder and so that might be a good one to pick up after i <laughs> finish Var fargo because uh that yeah. that finale just aired so uh, i actually <clears throat> i was gonna actually text you about this show but i kind of actually thought this might be better podcast material to talk about because uh, i'm a little interested in what what you think but my recommendation kind of a surprise is actually Ted, the TV series on Peacock <laughs> uh, that I, I've started. Um, so mm -hmm. um, I, I feel like in college we watched Family Guy together, and uh, I I feel like you kind of liked Seth MacFarlane, but now you don't. I, is that wrong? <laughs> no, I like. So I loved Family Guy, and we did yeah. we did watch that. I think that's back back when it wasn't even on the air. Like you had to right. watch. We like had the DVDs, burnt, yeah. You had DVDs <laughs> of it, or you had to you had to get on LimeWire and you'd get a couple episodes. It would ruin your computer uh, downloading those episodes. Uh, no, I loved Family Guy. I watched it a lot. I mean, I've outgrown it. Yes, um, yeah. for sure. Um, I loved the Orville that he did, which okay. is like his Star Trek. Yeah, I really never watched fun. it. Yeah, like the best Star Trek on TV for was the Orville for a couple of years, and there were Star Trek shows on TV um says the star trek nerd uh <laughs> his movies i love the first ted i thought it was really funny i actually rewatched it a couple months ago oh okay it was still pretty funny yeah. so yeah i want to check that out that's just one of those i don't have that streaming service like i've 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 drawn a line in the sand at my yeah. streaming services uh <laughs> but uh no i i think he's funny enough you know yeah 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 um peacock they had uh during black friday they had a deal for like 20 bucks for the year so like i i got it um which i was like glad because i was able to watch the chiefs dolphins game and not worry about like it, oh like, we were so else. angry we were so <laughs> angry when we realized <laughs> yeah um so anyway um yeah I, I, it's just my recommendation because like uh I know I saw the original movie when it came out. Like one that was like funny enough, and it's my recommendation because it's just a show that makes me laugh, and it is yeah. it is just a comedy. And for me, it feels like it's been a while when there's just been like a comedy that's funny. Uh, and so um, I've just enjoyed throwing it on, and just like you know, it has the dark humor that I enjoy. And you know, now if you don't like 
if you didn't like Ted the movie, you would not like this show. I, I will also say, say if I have a criticism of it, uh, the first episode, the pilot is a little longer than the rest, but they all run over 30 minutes, which I'm like, why, why is each episode like 45 minutes? It does not need to be that long. A comedy show should be 30 minutes long. (laughs) Right. So, and I, I saw an article today of like how much, uh, visual effects work that Seth MacFarlane had to do for this show uh, because it, it's so it's so long the episodes, yeah. but it, it it makes me laugh. So if it's it's a, just been a good show lately to just kind of unwind after some uh, stressful stressful weeks <laughs> like in at work and stuff. So anyway, well, if I ever if I ever stumble upon a, a Peacock password or what was it on Paramount? Which one is it even on Peacock? It's Peacock, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll uh, I'll check it out. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I, I just want to thank you again for joining me. Hopefully you'll come back for some more now that I gave you a good movie uh, to watch. <laughs> so, um, I'm excited. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. That's, this is, I, it can happen guys, guys, dreams <laughs> do come true. Everybody. Yeah. And your uh, friends. Yeah, and I did mention the. Uh, I always like to mention uh, your podcast, Second Best Picture. Uh, you can you you can always listen to it wherever you listen to your podcast. Uh, easy to find. Uh, what's your next What's your next film? Yeah, we've been on a. We took a hiatus over the holidays because we were both traveling and things. So we'll be back in a couple in a week or so with uh, the Queen. Oh, Ellen okay. Mirren's the Queen. Yeah, yeah, we're finishing up 2006, which I think is about where we were the last time I was on this, but. Yeah, we had to take a we had to take a few months off. We just had too much going on, and uh, well, but we'll be back in, in a couple of weeks with with that. Awesome. I I remember I saw that film. I think around when it came out. Uh, I don't remember much about it. I do remember one that I liked it. I enjoyed it, and two, I just remember a big thing with like a deer. That's the big yeah. Thing there's like a snack. Well, and it's crazy. Like Netflix has been trying to capitalize on the fact that we're doing this movie, and they did a whole series about, <laughs> like, their whole last series of The Crown was about this this uh, entire event that we're going to be covering in this. So it's nice of them to try to cross promote with us. Yeah, yeah, very very generous of them. I mean, because they need you more than you need them for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Um, so remember, yeah, you can visit moviesorlife.com for all our episode reviews and more. You can find all the episodes that uh, Kyle has been on. Uh, and so where you can hear him be a little bit more bitter and angry with me. <laughs> so, but um, I'm more all... natural state. <laughs> right. You're more Phil uh, state, so to speak. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, if you love this podcast, please take a moment to rate and review it. Always helps us with finding new listeners. Uh, thanks again, Kyle. And remember, you got me, babe. Oh, I got you, babe. Thanks, man. I really appreciate you having me on. Yeah, take care.